to the Data Driven Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we explore how to transform your company and career through data-driven decision-making. Want to become a data storytelling aficionado? Then sit back, relax, and get ready to unlock the true potential of your data. Here's the host of the Data Driven Podcast, Dominic Bohan. Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast where we dive deep into getting more value from our business data. Whether you're a data professional, leader, or just curious about developing data skills, the Data Driven Podcast is here to guide you on your journey. I'm your host and the co-founder of Story IQ, Dominic Bohan. All right, Sarah, thanks for joining us on the Data Driven Podcast today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Let's talk about data in pitch decks yes. and when to use it and how to use it effectively. Yes. This is such a big topic. I'm thinking about where to start. I think the first thing to say is get the basics right. So if you're using like a standard graph format, think about which you choose and why and make sure also maybe check once you've done the data visualization that it's easy to understand. Get the housekeeping right. Label your data correctly. Have the, you know, all of the stuff that you learn at school. Have the footnote link out to the data source. You know, just imagine the most nitpicky, annoying person was looking at your slides, like, have you checked all the boxes? However, I'm not sure that you always used to have to fall back on those, like, standard, the pie, you know, have a pie chart, bar graph, whatever it is. Sometimes, you know, just, like, one big stat and, like, really representing that well can be great. It's also a really good opportunity to think about, you know, using images so if you're talking about i don't know nine in ten people do this think about having nine icons of of human beings in pitch you know we have an integration with icons eight so it's super easy to add in those like standard you can search for i don't know human money growth any kind of theme and it will generate icons for you that you can then use to create your own kind of basic kind of data visualizations that go beyond and make it like so much more real. So a good tip is always to try and relate the data to something that's tangible and feels real to the person. So going back to Steve Jobs, we were talking about him earlier, you know, he was really good at like when he pulled the iPhone out of his pocket, right? And it was like, you've now got a computer in your pocket. That feels so real. People can imagine that. Or, you know, when he pulled the MacBook, I think a MacBook Air or one of the iPads, like out of a standard letter envelope, right, to show that it was like thin enough to go in, because everybody is used to putting things in an envelope that they can like immediately, even if they're even if they can't see and touch the product themselves, they've immediately got this idea. So think about like how can you turn the data, how can you relate the data to something that will feel familiar, like t- to to the, the audience, whatever their reference points and whatever their human experiences have been. It's a great tip. And uh, yeah, Steve Jobs really is the master at that. Yeah, have you found in live presentations at least that showing less data can be more effective? Yes. <laughs> the bottom line is if you have the slide after slide, this is also a common, I guess, death by PowerPoint experience, right? Is you have slide after slide of numbers, which you're essentially trying to tell the same story or trying to like double down on it but there's not a clear narrative then the audience is just going to feel like punched in the face multiple times with something that's very logical and I think that's the thing that people need to remember is like when you're at work you tend to think 
oh, it's my job to convince them with logic and like win the audience's head, right? But actually you're trying to make them feel something. And that's why it's important to relate it to something that's relevant for them. Whereas, you know, if you're just putting up stat after stat after stat, that's not going to make them feel something. You know, maybe they'll they'll feel convinced, but they're not going to feel passionate about your product or your idea, right? And that's what will really convince them in the end. Absolutely. When we do use the charts, does Pitch have tools to help us make sure our charts look great? Yeah, they ha- we have charts built in. The templates, if you use one of our templates from the template gallery, a lot of those have charts in there that you can um, that you can work with. And we've thought about kind of how they fit in with the overall design. Again, the basic things, like make sure that you're using standardized colors in your charts, that it's easy to, you know, to see what you're trying to highlight. So if you have, I don't know, a really big scatter chart, like point out the thing on the scatter chart that you're trying to say. So here's an outlier, like, you know, and you can do some fun things with animations, pitch us some really cool animations. So you can, in a single slide, you can kind of like highlight different things on the chart that you're trying to emphasize, right? Uh, without, you know, and you can do that without particularly advanced design skills. I do not have particularly advanced design skills and I managed to do that. So. Cool. We have a scatter plot, for example. And then we've got like some different yeah. groups and different clusters and we can have it. So the user experience is they click and then they see they cluster A and maybe there's a little note on cluster A and cluster A is not performing so well. Mm-hmm. And that's like cluster B, cluster B yeah, exactly. is where the money's at and so yeah. forth. Exactly, exactly. So you can think about making it more of a kind of living interactive document versus this like static like data on shoving you in, in, in your face because most people need particularly if the data is like fairly complicated to understand they need at least a moment to absorb it and if you can kind of guide them through that and help them see the patterns then that'll make it easier for them as well yeah that, there's nothing worse than buy my product look how much data i have here's all of it so surely you must yeah. be convinced here's the proof exactly exactly um look i i would think of data rather than thinking about data as your argument Data is giving people enough reasons that they can defend their decision to buy you, invest in you, go with your idea to their boss, right? Like data is like you're giving the other person the ammunition they need to convince the other audiences that you might not be able to present to, right? Yes. And it's more like you're unblocking the decision than you're actually helping people to make the decision often. Yeah. Could we summarize it as uh, you win people's hearts and minds with a story and then mm-hmm. you give them the confidence to say yes once they're already bought in with data. Exactly. And therefore data exactly. is kind of secondary to actually having a good exactly. story. Yeah, unless the data is designed to, to make them feel something. So maybe your data, you know, you start from their individual experience and then you, you have the data to show them like, look, you're not alone. Look at all these other people who have this, who feel this way, for example, right? So in that way, yeah, you're not appealing to the logical part of their, their brain. You're, you're appealing to the part of their brain that can like project their experience on other people, for example. Great tips. So anything else that you wanted to share? I think the other part of presentation creation that people don't think about so much is collaboration. Creating a pitch is typically a team sport. It's fairly unusual that people are doing it on their own. And actually, that's one of the, from the research that we did, that's one of people's biggest headaches, actually. 
<laughs> is managing. In fact, I think it was that it came up as not just the thing that, you know, people find hardest, but also the thing that the most challenging, most important to success and most time consuming is managing the involvement and progress of contributors, right? So it's the project management element of it. And what we also found is that almost everyone, when they think stop, sit down and start thinking about a pitch, putting together a pitch, they approach it by gut feel, how they staff the team, how they structure, like there's no process in place. So this is like one of the most important things that you do as a business, but you're doing it on the side alongside your day job, probably without any process in place. <laughs> That's crazy. And why, as you said at the start of the podcast, so many people are stressed yeah. out or even quitting by yeah. needing time <laughs> off because of these pitches. Exactly, exactly. So it has real consequences for your team, for the long-term success of your business, but you're probably not, you probably haven't thought about codifying like how your company actually goes about it, right? So one part of that codification is the template that you set up. These like stats so people are not starting from a blank slide and also so people aren't spending loads of time creating slides when they'd rather be spending that time putting themselves in the shoes of the person that they're pitching to thinking up a really exciting creative idea considering strategy all of that was another key fan finding from research is that people hate like they really want to spend less time making the slides and more time thinking about the story what they're saying the ideas all of those sorts of things right you can that's people don't enjoy moving boxes around on slides right so it's how can you set up your processes so you're making sure there's enough time for that so that you're also clear on who is responsible for what. We have a fun feature in Pitch where you can assign slides to a set to different people within your team and then you can also give it a status. So you can mark it as not yet started, in progress or completed. So everyone's always got a sense of like where you're at with the whole deck. Even the fact that you can work collaboratively on something rather than We've all had that thing with presentations or any documents where it's like underscore version seven, underscore version 7.2, underscore version nine, final in capital letters. And then at some point it's like final, no, really. I've done that so many times, real final, final V2. <laughs> it's the final version yeah. kind of thing. Whereas if you've got a live document that everyone's in, you can see what you can see your colleagues' mouse moving around kind of thing. You've got, there's also a history function in, in PIP. So this has certainly happened to me where you make changes or someone makes changes and you're like, oh my goodness, no, the version we had two versions ago was so much better. And now we've lost, you know, I can't control Z it back again anymore. Like, how are we going to find it? So you can actually just like go back in time and find the version from two days ago and restore that, restore those slides. So little features like that. Can I restore one slide, but not the entire yes. deck? That's really handy. It's really magic. It, and it's really easy to use as well. It's just like a scroll, like a slider. So very intuitive. So little things like that, what we're really trying to do is like remove all those negative group project elements from the pitching burnout experience and trying to get back to what it should be, which is like a fun team creative creative experience. Like if when you work on a great pitch, you really have like that kind of like sense. Oh, the team is like all working together towards this common goal, and we get to like really use all of our creativity and all of our skills. That's a great way of putting it. It should be fun, right? You've got a team of yeah. people working towards a common goal. They're excited and proud of what they're doing. They should be dreading an opportunity to talk about what they do best. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
and but a lot of that is because of the, the tools that people are trying to use right like that are just not fit the standard today so that yeah that's why pitch exists awesome thank you thanks for having me it's been really fun it has yeah i will check out the product and people try the product out yeah they can actually use it for free forever it's a freemium product so um go and check it out you'll get a feel for the ui there are some features that are obviously part of the pro plan where you have to upgrade like the history feature the it's typically the features that we find are most useful when you're using it as part when you're using pictures part of a team or when you're using it for business so things like the analytics tools being able to see how people are interacting with your decks and things like that but yeah go sign up that's great i will check it out check it out i'd also love to hear people's feedback i'd love to hear people's feedback we also have a very active community where people share presentations they've made that they're proud of or if anyone's you know, really thinks, wow, I've created the greatest deck of all time. Please send it our way. We love seeing them. We'll put them on our gallery. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Thanks for joining us, Sarah.